Hey guys, this is Israel, and I'm with my mom, Sharon, and today we are interviewing for, our, actually our first interview with is Isaiah, my brother, and we are really excited and say, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Hello. <laughs> All right, Isaiah, you have a lot to say about today's youth, and so we're curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, on the eve of a big uh, adventure and um, this season of your life and this chapter that you're in, um, so tell us more about your thoughts on uh, this generation that you are a part of. Yes, well, like you said, <clears throat> I do have a good amount of thoughts on the youth. Um, Unfortunately, our youth these days are in a pretty sad state. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of passion or drive or um, discipline, unfortunately. There's also a very large misconception of what youth is and how it should be used. Like I, I've told you before, um, youth is often seen as a time to go have fun, go experiment with different things, whatever that is, go live it up, which is not necessarily bad. I mean, having parties and hanging out with friends and connecting with large groups of people, that's not bad at all. That's great. We should all do that at some point and to some level uh, but that's not all there is so like you said um, in the next couple hours really I'm about to be busting out of here and moving on to the next thing next phase in life um, and I'm really excited I'm really just excited just to go and work hard, honestly. I'm really just excited to get after it and make things happen and see what comes from that. Um, and so, um, like I was saying, this, I'm only 19 and Lord willing, there's a lot left ahead of me. So, I really want to use this time, this energy, this passion, this youth to its fullest potential and go crush life, go attack it like, like a crazy man. Um, yeah, and that's that's definitely not the message that we're sending youth these days, unfortunately. We're telling them not to worry about a job, not to worry about education, not to worry about life. Not that we should be worried, but we're telling youth that, Joe, just, just relax, just calm down, it's fine. There'll be time later in life for whatever it is you need to do, work or 
uh, school. We tell in our youth that there will be plenty of time later. <laughs> There's never enough time to do anything, really. <laughs> running out of time quickly. You have some ideas regarding uh, children and young adults who have a lot of energy and are uh, struggling as to know where to put that and they are getting in trouble. What's your, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, there's a lot of kids that are, uh, do have a lot of energy and they're putting that into the wrong areas and they're just on the fast track to the all sorts of bad stuff just whatever that is they're just they're on the fast track to unproductivity pretty sure that's a word um but those are well really all the kids but i mean so we need to help those kids we don't necessarily need to tell kids, you know, you have to find what you love to do. You hear that all the time, you hear constantly. People ask somebody, so what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? You know, if you don't know what on earth you want to do at age 18, and that's perfectly fine. Just as long as you're working hard, and as long as you're doing you're doing things, whatever it is, to your best ability. Working at McDonald's or wherever you work is really actually irrelevant. You know, if you work at McDonald's and you have no idea what you want to do with the rest of your life, that's perfectly fine. Don't stay there forever, but you better be the best darn hamburger flipper that has ever worked at McDonald's. Um, and so, for me, it's just, whatever it is I do, I just, I want to try and do that, that thing that I'm doing at that moment uh, all the way into its fullest, uh, capacity or potential or just just do it all the way. All right. So, what are your views on video games? I think video games are the enemy. <laughs> I really do. I know that's a pretty bold statement just because uh, they're so prevalent in this day and age, um, and they're so common and so uh, hugely popular that that might not be perceived very well with everybody, but, I mean, that's okay. I don't, don't want to sound ruthless or anything, but I don't care. <laughs> um, I definitely used to... Why? Yeah. Why are video games the enemy? Because it takes 
because it sits you down in a chair for 30 minutes to 24 hours, <laughs> depending on how serious you are, and completely sucks that time out of your life. You're talking from experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely used to be uh, on the video game deal. And, you know, it's interesting because you think you, you really enjoy it. You, you think you enjoy it, at least. But afterwards, after I got done playing that video game, I was always had this thought in the back of my head, like, man, that stinks. <laughs> that goes two and a half hours. I'm never going to get back. I could have been learning something, making myself better. I could have been out running. I could have been talking to somebody or figuring out the language of where we're living or contributing to society uh, as aware <laughs> for those two and a half hours I'm just sitting there consuming. Okay. Now, now you have a lot of thoughts about mentors. Too. Will you tell us your thoughts about that? Yes. Uh, it's definitely good to have a lot of mentors. So I, uh, every time I teach swim lessons at the pool, I would tell whoever I was teaching, I would say, all right, so the next time you have a private lesson with uh, an instructor, I'll always try to find an instructor that is significantly better than you at swimming or whatever it is that you're doing. Always be looking up to somebody uh, that is way further or more advanced, just just better at you at what they're doing. Who are your mentors? Some of my mentors. Jocko Willink is definitely one of my <laughs> biggest mentors. Uh, uh, General Mattis, um, Jesse Bolden, Matthew Todd, uh, Work Denver. Um, there's a lot of guys, actually. Eli. Um, yeah, definitely Tim Ferriss, uh, Leif Babin, Tim Kennedy. Definitely a lot of guys that I have a lot of respect for. And all those guys are, the majority of those guys are, are, were, at some point in their life in the same in the position that I someday want to be in whether that's in life career or ability or whatever it is they do all those guys are uh, they have trained themselves to some of the highest levels you can be trained to and some of those guys I'd like to <laughs> get on the mat with and and uh, go for a round or two and see how I fare. I know I'd get wrecked, but they're definitely better. And that's that's what I think about mentors. I think a mentor has to be better than you. And then 
you have to be willing to learn as well. So. All right, going back a few years, what advice would you give your younger self? Maybe in regards to, well, whatever you can think, whatever comes to mind, but um, I know you have some thoughts about education. What advice would I give to my younger self? I would say freaking read, and a lot, and stop being a lazy bum, and move. Just go do stuff. As what about your studies? Definitely crush the education. Get after it. That's what Jocko Willink always says. Uh, he typically refers to it in a, a workout kind of reference, but he also he means in everything. And oh man, education, as I've realized and I'm realizing is so valuable and there's such a short amount of time that we have in our life to devote 100% to it. We should not waste that as unfortunately I wasted a lot of that time. So the majority of people are saying, oh my gosh. 18 years, 18 to 24, 25 years of school, roughly, if you do the average educational system. If you go through high school and then you go on to four years of college and then you're out, you have about 24, 25 years of schooling. That's not a lot of time. And the, compar and the comparison to um, the rest of your life that flies by and if you don't jump on that it's gonna it's gonna go by and you'll never even notice it all right now what advice would you give to the generation ahead of you like uh, dad and I what would you what would you like to say to our generation to the people that are more advanced, wiser. Uh, I would say to the generation that is more further down the road of life than mine, I would say uh, don't let uh, young people settle for just passing. Because there's a lot of people that are just passing, just getting by. They're just making enough. They're just doing the bare minimum of whatever it takes. They're just barely making it. And they're, they're content with that, you know? It's not... They're not doing anything bad, but... Uh, they're just mediocre and, and that is the enemy um, so I would say to the older generation I would say look back and reach down and and start uh, not enabling but empowering, empowering yeah definitely empowering and, and, and uh, trying to help get these young people 
to go and do stuff and do it fast. Because uh, something Jesse Bolden said is leadership is, or or there's a big le- uh, wall in leadership. You have the people that are ahead of you and they're making advances in life and they're going for it. And uh, a, a good leader will may, will be someone who has made it over the wall. And then they will look back at the people following them and they will climb over and reach down to help the people that are not over that wall yet to help them get over. And that's definitely what the older generation needs to be doing rather than buying our youth video game systems we need to be empowering them and getting them things not necessarily things but providing opportunities for them to go and crush life you know and here's an idea for a christmas present since we're in that uh, season rather than buying your youth a new the latest and greatest video game system go out and get them their favorite pair of running shoes that they've been eyeing for however long or go out and get them a jump rope something simple it's effective and they're doing things that will help them later down the road of life you have to play the movie out and uh, uh, the older generation is much further into the movie than we are. And so a little bit of a little bit of foresight can go a long ways. I know one thing you always uh, say about the older generation, our generation is that you really appreciate when we, go live life and when we're passionate and we're just doing stuff and then we invite you to come along with us and um, we invite you into our world and vice versa when you have something that you're passionate about and we go and join you in and doing what you're passionate about like uh, Matt Oliver when he Ran that marathon, chained and ran that marathon with a half marathon with you. Right. Like, right? Is that kind of? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is definitely how you bridge the gap. <laughs> because there is a huge gap. You ever take? There's about twenty to twenty-five years, uh, typically, difference between the firstborn and the parents. And that is definitely how you bridge the gap. You do stuff with them. It's the <laughs> it's that power of the other doing stuff with people. Not doing video games with people because that's not making a valuable connection. <laughs> that's not doing anything. That's sitting there and killing brain cells for however long. <laughs> now, <laughs> how many people... <laughs> How many world changers do you know say, let's go out and smash our heads into the brick wall for two and a half hours? <laughs> Not many. That's, uh, that's essentially the same as video games. You have to get up, 
go to whatever it is you're going to go do and do it together. And uh, definitely... Um, definitely hard work. Doing hard things together is definitely what makes people closer. If people don't do hard things together, they won't be um, as close. Okay, speaking of doing stuff with people and building that relationship, uh, Israel, you mention a lot of things that you appreciate about Isaiah. You appreciate his leadership, his mentorship. You, uh, he's funny. You tell me a lot of things, but one of the things that you mention probably more often than the others is that he works out with you or that he encourages you to be active and exercise and be strong. Does there, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, totally. I really do enjoy a lot of things about Isaiah, but really mainly, yeah, it's definitely working out with him. Um, I just feel like that's, for me, is a really special time where I feel like I really get a bond with Isaiah and really get to know him. Um, and also through that, he is, I feel like, so while we're working out, it's really neat because he is so hard, much more hardcore than I am. Um, definitely like a million times stronger than I am. Um, the cool thing is though, is whatever workout he does, he won't modify or change it. He'll say, here's my workout. If you want, you can totally join me. Like he's never saying, oh no, Joe, you can't work out with me because you're not strong enough. Or he never gives an excuse for me not to come work out with him. He's always actually encouraging me. He's even willing to stop his workout and wait for me to catch up to do the next thing with him, and which I so much enjoy. Um, and it, it definitely pushes me harder and definitely gets me out of my comfort zone. And I'm definitely sore and tired after the workout. But I it always gets me pumped up and excited and um, energized to go on with the rest of the day and do more hard things for the rest of the day and to push and... Um, it's just really great, and through that, he's really good leader and does a great job and definitely mentors me even while we're working out. Oh, I love what you said. He gets you out of your comfort zone. Yes, I would definitely agree that Isaiah is really good at helping encourage people to get out of their comfort zone. Isaiah, you said something the other day about at the you're training at the point of, do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, training at the point of muscle failure? That was when you're, you're training, when, when you really start training is when you get to, you use something, another, you used a different terminology other than muscle failure. You used your, mm, maybe, you said you're training and then, when you feel like there, you don't have any more in you. That's when it actually starts. Yes, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. So a lot of people, typically, the average person will go to the gym and 
train or work out or do whatever until they're tired. And that's good. That's definitely good. That's uh, healthy. People get fit that way. And that's perfectly fine. Something that the most elite performers, the top athletes, the top military athletes, something that they do is their real training starts at exhaustion. It starts at muscle failure. It starts when they're tired. Now, that's the way to go. <laughs> that's the... That is where the growth is made. Now, relate that to leadership and character. Relate that to leadership and character. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Oftentimes, uh, in a relationship, we go to the point until we're annoyed with them or until we've seen enough of them. Uh, take siblings, for example. Every, anybody that has a sibling will know this. There are times they can be, any, anybody that has, I should say this, anybody that's married or has a sibling will know this. Uh, there will be times when the person you are around <laughs> can be fairly annoying. I have had my share, fair share of being annoying times and uh, <laughs> there have been other times when uh, it's been the other way around. And a lot of people will say, okay, you know what, I've dealt with you enough, I'm going to walk away and be angry or whatever it is they need to do. And they're like that for the next <laughs> however long. But if we're relating, uh, like, working out at, like, so the true growth doesn't start until the struggles come. The true growth is not until you are in an incredibly hard <laughs> moment in regards to relationship and you get through it well that's that's the main thing it can be extremely messy but as long as you get through it well it, it'll be fine you, that's that's where the growth is made and and you're training the mindset that way as well okay what are you reading right now and oh we'll answer that one first Okay. I'm reading a few. I'm reading one by Salvatore Giunta called Living with Honor. I'm reading another one by Rourke Denver um, called Worth Dying For. And then another one called Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Alright. Can you think of a or what is a book that has made a, 
has had a big impact in your life? <laughs> it's like asking me to choose a favorite song. I have 150-something favorites. Uh, definitely Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. That one has definitely had one of the biggest because they are in complete control of their life. Nothing happens to them by accident, per se. Yes, accidents still do happen, but whatever situation they're in, they own themselves. They're not enslaved to anybody that and uh, they're they really encourage <laughs> they highly encourage and they say their main thing is if if you do anything if you get any character quality get discipline if you don't get anything else but you have discipline you'll be you'll be pretty good to go because there's almost there's not I, I can't think of anything that doesn't come from discipline anything good that is okay so when you say they're in complete control of their lives uh, we were tracking with you. Uh, also, you said something the other day that uh, in reference to it's not that we are controlling life. The circumstances. We're not controlling the circumstances, right. But you said something about acceptance that was pretty profound and accepting the reality of the moment and then you and then you were talking about ownership and I don't know, talk about tell us more about that yeah they're so free to do things because they completely own their emotions their actions their thoughts and by that they're more effective human beings Right. So whatever everybody else is doing is not uh, does not dictate how they react. And it's it's funny because a lot of people uh, say somebody is in, injured and they or they're crippled or whatever something pretty severe and the person who is affected by that says oh oh well that's a, that's unfortunate that's a bummer but it's okay it's fine a lot of people will view them as crazy they're like oh my gosh something's not wrong they're not worried by anything it worries people when other people aren't worried that's never made any sense to me. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it's true. 
And those people that are worried about someone else not being worried are enslaved to to circumstances, to whatever happens, to an accident, to somebody's bad reaction, to whatever it is, your kids, your siblings, people who are affected by other what others do are enslaved to circumstances and it's so freeing to have the ability to say okay you know what my circumstances might really suck right now your world is just crashing down down around you and you're perfectly fine with that you're 10 times more free than the than the millionaire who freaks out as soon as something bad happens. Right. So you're saying being rich by living with conviction. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Is, is there is there anything else, Isaiah? You wanna have any last words of advice or insight? Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I would... It's extremely important to do. There's a lot of great ideas, a lot of great intentions. But those are not what change the world. Those are not what changes anything. You have to do, you have to act, you have to execute to make things happen. If you want a certain result, put in the work, put in the time, the effort, whatever it takes. I definitely have goals of uh, wanting to be able to swim as fast as I can for a long time. So I'm in the pool every day. I'm swimming as often as I can, as often as the pool is open or as often as I go there. And when I do, I swim for a long time and I'm, I'm working towards a goal. Uh, you can't just wake up and hope that by chance you're gonna get a desired result. So definitely discipline. I'm still working on it. Not there yet. It's definitely a work in progress, but every day is an opportunity to get better or worse. It all comes down to what we do with that opportunity. Mm. Okay, and we're all, that makes me think of another thing. So we're facing this big crisis in the world right now about equal opportunity. That's one of the most ridiculous and annoying things to me lately. It drives me crazy every time I see a Facebook post or someone is in the news again. Unequal opportunities for everyone, for whoever it is. It's ridiculous. It drives me crazy. What those people are 
those people are wanting the equal amount of results without putting in the equal amount of work. That is actually what they're saying. Equal opportunity is is SeaWorld given 24 hours in a day. Unless your time is cut short. Unless you die. There's that. But unless you're dead, we're all given 24 hours in a day. That is equal opportunity. Right there. But the people that are worried in this world and getting angry are the ones who don't want to put in as much work as somebody else. So that is definitely an odd situation going on lately. Not exactly sure how to help others recognize that. Yeah. Speaking of going and doing, you something you've taught us and our family that you've said quite often is, it may brief well, but how does it execute? Right. That's been a big encouragement to our family to right. make sure that we're executing on our good ideas. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's definitely been some good progress here as well. Also, progress is another idea that is not exactly understood. Uh, progress is not necessarily getting stronger every single day. After a workout sometimes, after I go into the gym and crush it for two and a half hours, the next day I do not feel stronger. <laughs> Trust me, I definitely do not feel better after running a half marathon. I don't feel improved. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. After running a half marathon, I want to go and lay on the couch and zonk out for six hours and tune out the world and focus on how sore I am. But the true progress is made in doing exactly that. It's going out and running even though you don't feel like running. Even though you're tired, you still wake up, and if you need to modify the workout or the studying, modify it. But you have to go and do it every single day, and that is progress. Progress is not feeling stronger, and that is often what people want. They want this 20-minute ab workout. Get instant results now. That's not progress. That is... I don't even know what to call that, but it's not progress. Progress is the daily grind of you're still tired, you're still sore, and you go out and do it anyway. And definitely make sure there's time for recovery, obviously. That's also, that is a huge part of progress as well. And whatever you do, mentally, physically, emotionally, there has to be some sort of recovery 
some uh, time for that process so you can level up, you can move on to the next phase. You don't want to run yourself to the point where you're not functional, but definitely don't let recovery become an excuse. All right. Thank you guys for joining us at the Next Generation Rule Changers podcast. And Isaiah, thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts with us. And all right, we'll talk to you guys later. Awesome. Thank you so much.